his pass. Nice. Caught in traffic. Nice. AJ Green Go breaks the tackle. Go streaking toward Ooh. the end zone. Yeah. Touchdown. Yeah. Our quarterback is playing his tail off, and the guys today took care of him. Looking close. Middle. Yes. Got his Uh, getting better. He's in the meetings this morning. Don't say he feels better than he did at the beginning of the week. Tomorrow's practice will be a pretty big indicator. We'll see how today goes. It is week two in the National Football League. Welcome to TSN Four Downs on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton. I'm Andy McNamara. Oh, what, a, what an opening weekend! What an opening weekend! There is so much to get to today, fantasy football-wise, regular NFL news-wise, and I got you covered here, folks. And, of course, we're delivered by Domino's. Go grab yourself a medium feast pizza for just $10.99. Go watch the big game. It's perfect football food. Try some boneless chicken, pasta, along with the the food. Go with the irresistible marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Check it all out at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. On the show today, lead fantasy analyst from Bleacher Report, Matt Camp will stop by in about 12 minutes' time. If you got any fantasy football questions for Matt or myself, use the hashtag AskAndy on Twitter at TSN4Downs and at AndyMC81. Then after that, NFL columnist for Post Media and the Toronto Sun, John Crick. I wanted to have John on because he went around several training camps in this preseason. He went to Buffalo, Cleveland, Baltimore, Chicago, Detroit. I might be missing a couple. He was all over the place. So I want to get John's take from what he saw in preseason to what happened week one and moving forward. So we'll get to John Crick a little bit later on. I have a poll question or DraftKings contest. Guys, very excited for this. Our own customized four downs DraftKings contest. Go to draftfree.com, draftfree.com, and you can enter there, play along with us. We'll get to that in the last segment of the show. But you know what? There's so much to get to. Let's get to three and out. First down. Injury report. Okay, there are a slew of important injuries across the league. First off, Packers Aaron Rodgers. You heard Coach McCarthy in the opening there. He's questionable, but you know unless that leg is actually gone, this dude is playing. Okay, like Aaron Rodgers coming out of the tunnel. All he was missing was actually wearing a cowboy hat, like in his preseason getup with the mustache coming out to go out and save the day after Khalil Mack dominated his Packers. Aaron Rodgers is going to play. Then you got the Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger. He's listed as questionable with an elbow. But let me tell you something. I've been watching Big Ben for a long time. And the last few years, Roethlisberger has always been questionable, probable, doubtful, something, and he always plays. He's going to play this week. This has huge fantasy implications. Devonta Freeman ruled out of the Falcons, meaning this is going to be a big day for Tevin Coleman versus the Panthers. This is a huge opportunity. So remember, if you drafted Freeman in your fantasy lineup, get him on out of there, and hopefully you handcuffed him with Coleman or you got somebody else you can slot in. This one really concerns me. You got the Jaguars' Leonard Fournette. Listed as questionable with a knee. His availability to play may not be known up until kickoff. If you have him on your fantasy roster, hope you picked up TJ Yeldon. Because if he doesn't go, and even if, if Fournette does go, Yeldon's going to have some workload. right? He's going to get some play. 
He's going to get some work. And in spot duty, he has done well. It's just on a consistent basis, he's never been able to do it. So TJ Yeldon certainly is going to get some work. Joe Mixon of the Bengals is up next. He's going to undergo knee scope surgery. And Mixon has had a nice early start to his sophomore NFL season. Lost some weight. He's a bit didn't didn't quite have the explosiveness people expected last year. And the win over the Ravens on Thursday night hurt his knee. Not going to miss the rest of the season or anything, but is going to miss some time. So he's to undergo knee scope surgery after that Thursday win. And really, when you're looking behind him, running-wise, it's Giovanni Bernard, who's been more of a, a bit more of a pass catcher. Like he's, he's another one that can tease you a little bit. So Giovanni Bernard will be getting the starts with Joe Mixon out. And this, this is a confusing one to me for the injury report. Tennessee Titans, Marcus Mariota. He's limited with an elbow injury. Okay? You have first-time head coach Mike Vrabel announcing that both Mariota and backup Blaine Gabbert will see action. In case you forgot, people, Blaine Gabbert is awful. I'm, I'm going to remind you here, okay? Blaine Gabbert was the 10th overall pick of Jacksonville in 2011. Career-wise, numbers, 44 touchdowns, 44 interceptions, an awful QB rating of 71.1. Long story short, he's terrible. Oh, and, and, and Tennessee, they're also missing their two starting offensive linemen. They're missing two O-line guys. Good like the good luck to the Titans because they're playing the ferocious Houston Texans defense. If you're thinking fantasy, pick up the Texans and then pick them up again. The Texans are going to feast. A two court like what you're gonna you're gonna scare the Texans with Blaine Gabbert? Is Vrabel trying to be elusive? Oh, okay. People gonna have to plan for Blaine Gabbert. The Texans should be praying for Blaine Gabbert. And Marcus Mario, this is a prove it year for this guy, man. Like Marcus Mariota got to the playoffs last year, got a win, but his stats have regressed significantly. This is going to be tough for the Titans. All right, let's move on. Second down. Let's dip into the fantasy football side of things here for second down. Running backs are always tricky. ESPN's Matthew Barry tells us his love-hate for the position heading into week two. First up, I'm all in on Adrian Peterson this week. I know what you're thinking. Wait a minute, am I watching a fantasy show from 2012 on ESPN Classic? No, believe it or not, it is 2018, and they're letting me, Matthew Barry, on the Big Boy Network. That's right, Adrian Peterson is still a legit weapon. That's right, for reals. After his big week one, the running back one job now securely Peterson's in Washington. He's going to get a ton of work this week. Old man Peterson will tell the Colts to get off his lawn. He's my running back 15 for the week. I'm even higher this week on Christian McCaffrey. You know, I was all in on him entering the season, and I get it. He didn't put up big numbers in the opener. I am well aware. You guys are blowing up my phone. I know you hate me for it, but that's fine. I still love McCaffrey this week for these reasons. Number one, while losing Greg Olson is obviously bad for the Panthers, it's great for McCaffrey's fantasy production. Last year, Chris McCaffrey averaged 4.1 more fantasy points per game with Olson out of the lineup. And number two, the Panthers take on the Falcons this week, which has allowed the most completions to opposing running backs in each of Dan Quinn's first three seasons. Oh, and by the way, that was before Atlanta lost Ken O'Neill and Deion Jones to injury. McCaffrey, my RB6 in Week 2. Now for running back I'm not crazy about, Derrick Henry. You know, he was out-touched by Deion Lewis in Week 1, 21-11. I thought Lewis looked like the better running back. If you have Henry on your roster, look, I wouldn't be blowing into a paper bag and panicking just yet. But 
Henry was drafted as an RB2, and he might be an RB2 on his own team. Remember, Henry played less than 30% of the Titans' snaps last week. Game flow this week will likely go more in Deion Lewis's way, who again, at the moment, I think looks like the better running back. The Titans are going to need a throw to keep up with that Houston attack. Henry, an RB4 for me this week. All right, that was Matthew Berry from ESPN. Let's go to third down. Third down. Okay, 0-7 debut for all new head coaches in week one. That was only the fourth time since 1970 where no new head coach won their first game. But the flashiest, of course, was the Raiders' John Gruden, who made that baffling decision to trade stud pass rusher Khalil Mack to the Bears. And then after their opening loss, Gruden commented that, uh, hey, yeah, we need to see why they couldn't get after the quarterback. Uh, John. I have the answer. If I'm in the media, I have the answer, John. It's because you traded Khalil freaking Mack, okay? That's why you can't get after the quarterback, because I don't care how many first-round picks you got from that trade, you're going to be looking for another Khalil Mack when you had Khalil Mack. Figure it out. Sean McVay with the Rams, they had a holdout in Aaron Donald. You know what he did? He got his butt on a plane, met with Donald, figured it out. You didn't. Now you suck. Anyway, the ESPN panel breaks down Gruden's chance to get that first win against Denver this weekend. Oakland and Denver. Uh, John Gruden, not a winner in his debut. Derek Carr struggled a little bit. What do we see? Yeah, he'll be a loser in game two as Ooh, well. I, I, right. The Denver Broncos and what they can do pressure-wise up front. Von Miller had a huge game just past weekend. And not only that, but you, you just look at it across the board. They find ways to bring pressure without blitzing. You still have those, those, those safeties and the defensive deep, backs out there who take the ball away from you. I like Denver in this football game. There's got to be a breakthrough win. For John Gruden to get his players believing that everything he's doing and all the moves that he's making are for the right, the best, best interest of the team. I don't think he gets that win this week. I think Denver is, is going to, that defense like Darren's talking about, is going to continue and get the victory. Case Keenum seems like he's got his offense on an even mm, keel, yeah. if you will, having yeah, had that man. settled last yeah. spring. All right, so that was third down. Let's punt to the poll question here at TSN Four Downs. At AndyMC81, you can vote. Question is, which quarterback is most likely to bounce back with a strong performance and a win for NFL Week 2? For their game this week, which quarterback most likely to bounce back with a strong performance and a win? So I'm not talking about you throw three picks and your defense wins it for you. Okay? I'm talking about somebody balls out and their team wins. How is that going to go down? Your options. Again, at AndyMC81. And at TSN and the number four downs. Is it going to be Deshaun Watson of the Texans? Jimmy Garoppolo of the Niners? Marcus Mariota of the Titans? And if they have that, if, if they do Vrabel's option of sprinkling in Gabbert, I'm not too high on that. Or Dak Prescott of the Cowboys. And by the way, bravo on Twitter. People just destroying the Cowboys in general. It, ultimate love hate there. So Watson, Garoppolo, Mariota, or Prescott. Which QB is most likely to bounce back with a strong performance and win? We'll get to that question and some of your answers a little bit later on in the show. But up next, some fantasy talk. Get your questions in for Matt Camp now and myself. You can tweet them at AndyMC81. Use the hashtag AskAndy. Lead fantasy analyst for Bleacher Report. Matt Camp is next here on TSN 4 Downs. 
Hungry? Domino's has you covered. Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into our delivery and carryout specials at dominoes.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. Try our delicious side dishes like pasta and chicken wings and don't forget our irresistible marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Perfect food for the big game if you're in a hurry or just because. Check out all the great deals at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. All right, welcome back to TSN Four Downs NFL Week Two Edition here on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton. I'm Andy McNamara. Get us on Twitter at AndyMC81. The show at TSN and the number four downs on Instagram at AndyMC Sports. Still to come in the show, we'll chat with NFL columnist for Post Media, John Crick. We'll get to our DraftKings customized four downs contest. You can enter there at draftfree.com. And you can tweet in your fantasy football questions using the hashtag AskAndy from at AndyMC81. Well, let's welcome in now lead fantasy analyst from Bleacher Report, host of the Fantasy Camp podcast. It's Matt Camp. Matt, how's it going, man? Andy, what's going on, dude? Good to be with you. Oh, gl- glad to have you. I know you're tight on time, so I want to get to a couple of Twitter questions first, and then we'll swing into a couple of other, other things here to help out the listeners. So, okay. th- this one's from Andrew on Twitter using hashtag AskAndy. I'm in a PPR league. Who do I start between Emmanuel Sanders versus the Raiders or Jarvis Landry versus the Saints? Man, I like both of these matchups a yeah. lot. When in doubt, I defer to the quarterback, and mm. I think we saw last week that Case Keenum is going to be a major upgrade over the mess that was in Denver last year. And we have a healthy Emmanuel Sanders now, which is nice. So uh, that Raiders secondary defense as a whole is beatable, and I don't trust Terod Taylor. As much as I like Landry as a player, quarterback situation will determine it. So I'll go with Sanders there. Go with Sanders there. Okay, and this is from uh, Chris on Twitter. Hashtag AskAndy. says, for my flex spot in PPR, you got three options here, Matt. you got Bears, Jordan Howard, Packers, Geronimo Allison, or Rams, Cooper Cup. I got to go with Jordan Howard, and I think what we saw last week was so encouraging. Five targets, caught them all, never a big part of his game, and I don't think that Seattle defense is one to worry about. In fact, I think it'll be one, not just for this week, but going forward, one to target for fantasy players to go after. So I really like Jordan Howard. I think he's got RB1 potential this week. Well, and Matt, what a difference in mindset that I think fantasy players just have to have to get used to. Like Seattle, usually you see that name, say, oh, right, stay away right. from the Seahawks. Not anymore reputation. It right. happened with the Ravens years after they were good. It was all but the Ravens. Yeah, they're the beatable Ravens, and I think now it's the beatable Seahawks. Just, I mean, Case Keenum last week ripped them up. Case Keenum did a great job last year, but I know he threw the three picks, but it wasn't like it was anything for him going 303, <laughs> 303 touchdowns. So that's a defense you want to go after. you got to change your mindset there. Reputation should not carry over with the Seahawks. Absolutely. In conversation with Matt Camp, lead fantasy writer for Bleach Report on Twitter at the Matt Camp. Now, Matt, on the Fantasy Camp podcast, you went over week one overreactions, the good and the bad. Can you give us a couple of week one overreactions that fantasy players should say, hold on a minute, going into week two? I think the Kansas City Chiefs encapsulate all of that. There was the <laughs> good of Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. Patrick Mahomes didn't throw 30 passes, and he didn't complete 20. But he had four touchdowns. That's insane efficiency. That's very hard to keep up, Andy, as I'm sure you know. Tyreek Hill had the return, scored the touchdowns. That's the ceiling. And I know he can be great. I get that. But I think it set the bar a bit too high. On the flip side of that, Kareem Hunt and Travis Kelsey were fantasy ghosts. 
I think we know that's not going to be the case. And if you look at their schedule, it's not that bad. Obviously, this week against Pittsburgh, but you got Denver, you got Jacksonville, you got the Patriots in there, you got the Niners in there. They got some tough games coming up. What helps Patrick Mahomes is two things. Even if he's inconsistent, I think he'll have a high volume passing attack most of the time. They didn't need it last week. And when in doubt, you look for legs. He can always steal you some points at the legs. Yeah, the legs are certainly there. And the tricky part this week, too, Matt, is against the Steelers. We saw in bad weather, T.J. Watt is a manimal. Like, that's going to be something that the the Chiefs as a whole have to be a little bit worried about. It's not, not necessarily just going to be, once you get some tape on Pat Mahomes, how teams adjust and how he can overcome. Right. Uh, that's the thing is, is, you know, it's week one. People get excited because they wanted to be excited about that yes. Patrick Mahomes. So when it gets justified or that excitement gets justified in week one, it's okay. He's top five going forward. There's going to be ups and downs. He's a first-year starting quarterback. Yeah. The sky shouldn't be the expectation for him going forward. Exactly. And give me a couple week two streamers here, Matt. Yeah, I like Case Keenum, as I mentioned. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go back to Mitch Trubisky, I think, oh. uh, once again against that Seattle secondary. Matt Nagy has an offense in Chicago that is from this century, which is nice. John Fox isn't there anymore. Uh, a lot of good there, what I'm seeing in Chicago. And I like Nick Foles against the Buccaneers. I think they'll bounce back. Buccaneers down two corners this week. Uh, and not a great defense to begin with. I know the Saints didn't win that game, but they were getting points all over the place, whether it be Kamara or Ginn or Michael Thomas. And, and by the way, going a little deeper on that game, if you're stuck at running back this week with a lot of injuries, I think Cordy Clement could play an important mm. role for the Eagles with Darren Sproles out. He's not Alvin Kamara, but he can play a similar role in the Eagles' offense. I like that. And last one for you here, Matt. We saw the extreme, talk about extremes. We saw the extreme good with the Ravens in week one decimating the right. Bills. We saw inconsistency, to say the least, against the Bengals. Where, when you're looking at Flacco, when you're looking at Alex Collins, who was a, a, a real riser in fantasy drafts this year at running back and Crabtree, how are you rating this Bengals, or sorry, this Ravens offense overall? Yeah, I still like Collins. Get 12 touches, but he got you 90 yards. I mean, in yeah. PPR, he was out of 12 points. If that's a bad week for my RB2 is 12 points, I'm going to take that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to also acknowledge, and I don't agree with it, but this is something I've learned in fantasy. Just because I don't agree with coaches doesn't mean they're not going to do it. Too much of Buck Allen. Uh, Alice Collins proved himself that he can be a guy who can contribute as a pass catcher. Not a guy who's going to get six targets, but a guy who is capable there. And I think the Ravens need to recognize that. And you never want to put too much on Flacco. So I'm still good with Collins. He's a mid-range RB2. John Brown is interesting. I just feel like that offense, as long as Flacco's back there, will be inconsistent. So I'm still leaning on Alex Collins. Yeah, what a vulture, Buck Allen. Oh, oh get out of here. Get out of here, Buck, Buck Allen. Allen. I have a whole segment on that in the radio. <laughs> where say if a guy does that and he's not on your lineup or he's not in the fantasy world whatsoever, you're sick of this. And you that just one hate him. I... Big time sick of this on Thursday, no doubt. <laughs> well, Matt, we'll let you go. Thank you so much, man. We'll do it again later in the season. Check out uh, the Fantasy Camp podcast and, of course, your work uh, on Bleach Report. Thanks so much. Thanks, Andy. Good luck, everybody. All right, brother. That is Matt Camp on Twitter at the Matt. Camp. So there you go. And if you have any other fantasy questions, Matt is great with answering them, as am I on Twitter at AndyMC81 using hashtag AskAndy. So let's begin, producer Sean Lavery here. Shawnee, how's it going, man? Doing good. How are you? I am excited for week number two, and we have a couple of uh, Ask Andy questions. We do, we do. The first one comes from at MattyD613. Hashtag AskAndy, who would you start in a flex spot non PPR league? Derrick Henry, the running back for the Titans, Kenny Galladay, the Lions wide receiver, or Mike Williams of the Los Angeles Chargers? Well, I'll be in agreement with Matt Camp in the sense that Derrick Henry, I'm not, I'm not buying him. And out of those three, I love 
Ken Galladay. I was high on him at the end of last year and coming into this year. Developed some real chemistry with Matt Stafford. And, like, that team offensively is not going to be as bad as they've shown. Defensively, they might be. And they might not win a lot of games with Matt Patricia as head coach. But Matt Stafford, good or bad, can still sling it for over 4,000 yards, and Galladay is going to be one of those targets. He is a riser. He is a playmaker. You go to Mike Williams with the Chargers, who I like, but you have to look at, okay, who's going to be getting touches? Well, you got Melvin Gordon, who can do just about everything. Uh, you have Keenan Allen there, Terrell Williams. It's just There's just too many layers and options with the Chargers where Mike Williams might not get that chance. He could. I'm not going to kill you if you play him, but I'm not as comfortable playing a Mike Williams where I think Galladay is really coming into his own as a go-to guy for Matt Stafford. And even in a bad game last week for the Lions, uh, he he had some terrific output. So I'll say Galladay there. Our next question comes from at Adam Baum, 613, hashtag Ask Andy. I have Isaiah Kroll, the Jets running back, on his bench. He wants to know... If he should play him this week against the Dolphins, who are coming off a Week One win against the Titans in a game that took almost fourteen hours. Oh, that was the that awful weather delay, right? Oh, yeah, my four gosh. hours of weather delay Woo. and two separate delays. Yeah, and two separate delays. That's that's a dog right there. Uh, and yes, I'm I'm taking Isaiah Crow off the bench. Get him off. I've watched the Crow for a long time in Cleveland, and he never really got the opportunity to be a bell cow. In his whole time with the Browns, he never got twenty carries, not once. Not once. And on 10 carries, he had 102 yards, 24.2 fantasy points in PPR formats. The Crow is being utilized better with the Jets. And what is a young quarterback's best friend? It's a running back. It's a running game. And people can say, oh, what about Bilal Powell? Bilal Powell's going to get his passes out of the backfield, whatever. The Crow is going to fly in Miami. Okay? Well, they're, they're playing in, uh, in New York. But against the Dolphins. That defense... Nowhere nearly as good, right? And I think the Jets have a real chance to get up in this game early, and then you pound the ball. And again, even if it's a close game, you can still go and not put too much on Sam Darnold. Feed the Crow. I'm definitely starting Isaiah Crowell, whether it's in your year-long league formats or in your DraftKings contest. Like The Crow, I think, is going to be an absolute stud. So there you go. Uh, we have more questions. I'll try to answer them on Twitter. Hashtag AskAndy at AndyMC81. You can send those along there. We're going to take the break. After that, John Crick, NFL columnist for Post Media and the Toronto Sun. He was at the training camps for the Bills, Browns, Bengals, Lions, Ravens. I'm not sure if I'm missing anybody. He was all over the place. We're going to get his expectations coming into the season, what he's seen so far, and moving forward. So a lot to talk about with John Crick next here on TSN 4 Downs. When you draft a quarterback like we did, there's a part of it that you got to say, hey, yeah, he, he's going to play either A or B or C in early, middle, or late, or, or the next year. I mean, there's you got to be okay with all of that. And um, you know, that's... And I'm, and I, like I said before, that's accurate. I'm, I'm comfortable. That's Bills head coach Sean McDermott talking about the seventh overall pick, Josh Allen, who will start because really they don't have any other choice in Buffalo. Welcome back to TSN Four Downs. I'm Andy McNamara. You're listening on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton. You can vote on the Twitter poll 
at TSN Four Downs at Andy MC eighty one, which is which QB is most likely to bounce back with a strong performance and win in their NFL Week Two game. You can also play in our DraftKings Four Downs contest. Go to DraftFree.com. Win yourself some money this Sunday in the NFL. But let's swing around the league. This guy was at several training camps. One of my favorite guys to talk to, John Crick from Post Media in the Toronto Sun. John, how are you? Doing great today, Andy. It's another week, another Woo! chance, and your team hasn't lost in what ten months, nine <laughs> yes. months. Yes, <laughs> we are the the Browns' best start since two thousand four, and it's because of a tie. Help me, God. <laughs> hey, it's all good if you're not if you're not you know if you're not losing, you're either winning or tying. That's so. right. When it comes to the Browns, we will, you'll take a tie. I, sure. I, I will take a tie. And, John, just a, a little history fact. The last time the Browns tied was in 1989, and they won the division that year. Just saying. Just saying. Wow. wow. <laughs> I'm a sick man, John. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> I don't think this is the year. I don't think this is the year. It's okay. Hey, you can say right now that you, know, <laughs> you are one of the teams that doesn't have a loss in that division, and it, you, you just wear that badge for the rest of the season. Sort of like those Detroit Lions fans have those 0-4 preseason champion t-shirts oh. from 2008 when they lost all 16 regular season games. Right. Well, <laughs> well John, you know what? Uh, speaking of the early on in the season, you tweeted out from at John Crick. I thought this was a fascinating stat, and you have an article up on it uh, at the, uh, for the Toronto Sun. It says an 0-2 start in the NFL is a near-death hole. Only 9 of 120 playoff teams, that's only 7.5% over the past decade, started the season with two losses. 14 teams on Sunday or Monday face that cliff. Uh, yep. So for teams this early in the season, you don't like to say it's a must-win, but it's for teams wanting to make the postseason, it's almost a must-win. Just about, yeah. I mean, for years, the NFL this week and going into week two has put out the stat, and they did again this week. That's what brought my mind to attention to it, looking for a feature for this week. And I wanted to do something kind of statistical because I like to, you know, vary between personality profiles and things like that. They said that since realignment in 2002, 116 of 192 playoff teams at 60% began the season either 1-1 and or 0-2. That leads you to think that, hey, you know, the 0 and 2 is okay. Well, I thought, what is the actual breakdown between those <laughs> 1 and 1 and 0 and 2 teams? And wow, it's, uh, you know, they said, there's no need to panic for these teams. Well, yes, it is if, it's your, if you're 0 and 2, for the reason I said. And if three of those nine teams happened exactly 10 years ago, so if you only go back nine seasons, it's only six out of 108, which is 5%, 5.5%. Wow. So you've, these are the 14 teams facing that cliff. Falcons, Bills, Bears, Cowboys, Lions, Texans, Colts, Chargers, Saints, Giants, Raiders, 49ers, Seahawks, and Titans. And of those 14 teams, 10 are playing among each other. There, there's five of those games that are playing, like the Chargers at Bills, a pair of 0-1 teams. So, the, you know, people say, oh, week two, third of the season, it doesn't matter. You know, I had just somebody tweeted and, and, and disputed what I these numbers by saying, it doesn't matter when you lose these games, beginning of the year or the end of the year. And I'm like, no, that's, that's like saying a team that wins 48-17 to 17, uh, has just as much a chance of winning the game 48-17, whether they get out to a 48 to nothing lead or fall behind 17 oh, yeah. to nothing. It, it's no. The, the, momentum plays a part in it, and players buying in or buying out, as the, uh, like the Giants last year, you know, 0-2, 0-3, 0-4, 0-5, 0-6, 0-7, 0-8, 0-9, 0-10, 0-11, 0-12, 0-13, 0-14, 0-15, 0-16
owns for with all the pressure in the New York media. You could just see the weight on the shoulders of those players weekly going by, and they couldn't handle it, and they, they crumbled under that type of weight. It does matter when you lose the games, and if you don't get off to a good start, you don't have confidence, and as any pro athlete or any athlete at any high level will tell you, if you don't have confidence, you can't play well. No, no, and you have the numbers to back it up there. So, uh, John, I wanted to get your vote on our Twitter poll, at TSN4Downs, mm-hmm. of which quarterback is most likely to bounce back with a strong performance and win? So not just you know the defense wins it for them, but really play well and their team wins in week two. And I have Deshaun Watson, Jimmy Garoppolo, Marcus Mariota with an assist from Blaine Gabbard, apparently, and or Dak Prescott. So Watson, Garoppolo, Mariota, or Prescott? I might have to go with Prescott, hmm. only because his last outing, I was just reading, and all the pregame stuff that I read, <laughs> Really, is, a lot of it is useless, but some of it isn't. <laughs> and in his last game against the Giants, he was spectacular. He was, I think, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, sparkling passer rating. So it's the same team that he's facing. Granted, it's different coaching staff, but um, that bodes well. I mean, I think Matthew Stafford will have a far better game this week for the Lions against the, that San Francisco defense, but yeah. I'm not sure Detroit will win that game. I've got an item going into my Sunday package. It'll go online uh, shortly that Detroit – you know, they had that long drought. Remember against the Packers, they hadn't beaten them in yeah. 25 years. Well, that's a team that they play every year. They don't play the Niners, of course, uh, cross-conference uh, every year. But you know what? They have not defeated San Francisco in San Francisco since 1975. Really? Twelve losses in a row at San Francisco. Eleven of them in the regular season. Average score, 28-12 to 12 defeat. Wow. I mean, they just don't Man. play well when they when they go out there. So the, not that that has any bearing so much on this game, but obviously something there must be some type of a trend in there for that to be below there and stink so badly. So yeah. um, I don't think they're going to beat the, the Niners, but I do expect of all the quarterbacks who looked rotten in week <laughs> one, uh, I expect uh, Stafford to have uh, the best game by far of those folks. Stafford to jump back in conversation with John Crick from Post Media and the Toronto Sun on Twitter at John Crick. Now, John, as I mentioned before, you swung around all a whole bunch of teams during training camp. Let's go with the Buffalo Bills here. And mm-hmm. I, like Sean McDermott, I, I, listen, he's got to be over Nathan Peterman. Like I don't know if it's stubbornness or he's just trying to will it. It's like he is not good. Stop! Right. Stop playing yes. this guy. So now you don't have a choice but to play Josh Allen because Peterman is a train wreck. What should we expect out of Allen and the Bills versus the Chargers? It's going to be hard to win that game. Yeah. Now they don't have Joey Bosa. That's a plus, I guess. It is because uh, you can just uh, you can reduce the amount of pass rush pressure that Josh Allen's going to face by some chunk of percentage mm-hmm. 20, 30, 40, 50 percent, whatever it is, because Bosa is that good. And he was in a walking boot, I guess, spotted yesterday, so he might not be back anytime soon um, with some type of foot injury. Josh Allen, to me, and I saw him in all his preseason action, and uh, saw him at a, in, in June and again at training camp. I think he has a lot of potential, but so do a lot of quarterbacks. You mentioned Blaine Gabbert. There's a lot oh. that do, and nobody knows. The Bills don't know the most... Uh, uh, entrusted uh, quarterback gurus and coaches who have ever lived don't know. Nobody knows with these guys. It's how fast they can digest it and keep their confidence. The thing that I like about him, I'll mention two things. Um, I like his creativity. It isn't just that he has that great arm. 
it's he knows how to use it to use the old song. <laughs> I mean, he does. Uh, he there was that first pass that he had thrown that first touchdown pass in the week, uh, the first preseason game against Carolina. A little short, uh, little crosser comebacker at the front right of the end zone, and it was only about I don't know, fifteen yard pass or so in the air. But I don't think many quarterbacks in the league has. Tom Brady certainly would not have thrown that pass because the window was so small in closing. He had uh, a defensive back and I think a linebacker both about to squeeze him. And when he recognized that that play was open for his arm, he ripped it. Yeah. He got, and he got it in there. Granted, it might have been a fingertip or two on either side of that ball. It might be wasn't the smartest throw, but he has, my point is he has confidence in his arm and knows when to use it. That's now if he can just get up as he told me in training camp, if he can just figure out how to throw those shorter passes, which he readily admits his mechanics kind of go all wacky when he doesn't throw it hard. Um, he, he likened it to having to come up with his short iron game as a golfer. He's got 100 yards to the green, and he can't just use a driver. He's got to yep. come up with some wedges. Once he figures that out, that to me is when you know his game is really going to take off, and when he can be reliable and be confident on those short throws. But the second thing that people don't really understand about him, unless you've seen him, I certainly didn't, uh, before watching him in live, is he is not only fast in, in when he scrambles and runs, but he's a smart runner. He's not RG3 that's going to run right in his head, right into the shoulder of the right. linebacker who's charging. He gets down, he gets out of bounds, he makes a couple of moves. He seems to protect himself well, and it's an instinctive thing. I don't think you can really teach that well at this level. So maybe if they run him a little bit, get him out of that pocket so that those pass rushers for the Chargers aren't just going to the one spot like poor, <laughs> poor Nathan Peterman did Ooh. last year when he threw all those interceptions it was because of the pressure. And again last week, because of the pressure. Get him out of the pocket. Get Al moving out. He's confident throwing it, and that gives them their best chance, I think, this week. And, John, what I like about Allen, yes, he's raw. Yes, the, the mechanics are still a work in progress. But from each step of the way, when you watch him, his college film to the senior bowl, to the combine, which you go every year and, and, and see the quarterbacks there, to the preseason, I saw progression in his mechanics, in his footwork, in his decision-making. It's not a finished product, but this is a guy who has shown improvement each step of the way. And I think that's got to be a yeah. big positive for Bill's fans. I think so too, and you know, and we've talked about this. I wasn't, I was not piling on Nathan Peterman after his first start, only because I thought that the then offensive coordinator Rick Gunnison really threw him under the bus mm-hmm. by having him drop back straight in the pocket on third and eight against Melvin Ingram and Joey Boza. What were they thinking? <laughs> he got clobbered and he threw those interceptions. But you know, as I always say, trends are not coincidences. And if you take those two games, excepting the the snow game that he played in as his other third start. On third downs over those two games, Nathan Peterman wasn't better than you or me. He was 2-for-12 for 14 yards with four interceptions, two sacks, one scramble for one yard. And those two third-down completions both went not, not, not farther than three, piece, three feet past the line to gain. In other words, That's gross. third and three, and he threw it three yards. It was third and 11, and he threw it 11 yards. That's his best thing that he's ever done on third down Ugh. in the NFL as a starter. It doesn't get worse than that. And I, I feel bad for piling on the guy now because I don't think he'll ever get in that situation ever again because the Bills are probably going to replace him in the, in the days or weeks ahead with a more competent backup, whether it's 
you know, a, a Mark Sanchez or somebody like that. But then for him to get in that position again, somebody would have to put him as a backup quarterback, a number two, and I don't see him ever getting to that level. No, again. no, and they shouldn't. And whoever makes that decision should probably be fired if that does <laughs> if that does come about. He is he is terrible. Uh, one more for you here, John. Sure. Um, now you were uh, you were at Bears camp too? Is that right? I did not make it this year. You didn't make it to Chicago, but yeah. you've been there in the past. You were following mm-hmm. along there. Uh, I'm now that Packers Bears game is is now legend. It's folklore. People will be singing songs about it, just strumming a guitar. But with the Bears with Khalil Mack, like John, I couldn't believe what he just went up to Deshaun Kaiser and he just took the ball. It was like this is mine now. And Deshaun said, "Oh, oh, oh, okay." And he was just such a game wrecker. The fact that they came back, the Packers did, and Aaron Rodgers and won uh, is is remarkable. But to go up against the Seahawks, like how I, I my goodness, like that defense with Khalil Mack now, a one man wrecking crew, that was phenomenal. It was, and if you know, you wonder how much not being in game shape for having mixed, missed the whole training camp. Hmm. And you already been with the team for literally a week. Yeah, to do that. <laughs> I think he. I think he joined that. His introductory news conference was exactly seven days before that. So he'd only been practicing what three times: <laughs> Wednesday, <laughs> Thursday, Friday. That's the only time he practiced with them. So that's sick. Uh, he was probably not didn't have the legs under him, uh, and that 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 I expect is why his, per, his his effectiveness in the second half dropped off a cliff. Uh, but once he becomes, you know. <laughs> a little bit in, in game shape and understands what he, exactly what they can do because they can only play him in so many plays because he couldn't digest the playbook right. in that amount of time. Once he does, holy cow. I mean, what an exciting player to watch. It was a stunning game to watch for what he did in the second quarter, mostly. And then what Aaron did after that, and as I wrote the next day, it's like, you know, these guys are just got both of them in the previous ten days just got paid like $150 million. <laughs> and, you know, we always say, oh, are they worth it? Well, kind of after that game, yeah. you know what? If anyone's going to get that kind of money, these guys are earning it. It might as well be them. And, uh, right. yeah, Russell Wilson, watch out. The big daddy's coming for you. Uh, John, thank you so much, man. This is uh, this is great. Let's do it again soon. Always love to do it. Thanks a lot, Andy. All right, John Crick, Post Media Toronto Sun. Check out his fine work, uh, torontosun.com, and he posts all the links on Twitter at John Crick, K-R-Y-K. We're going to step aside after the break. We'll get... Our answers to the poll question of which quarterback that struggled last week needs a huge performance and will win this week. Vote on that at TSN 4Downs. Also, my fantasy sleepers and value plays for you and our customized DraftKings contest. Stay tuned. A lot more coming up. TSN 4Downs. Back to wrap up TSN 4 Downs here on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton. I'm Andy McNamara. You can get me on Instagram at AndyMCSports, Twitter at AndyMC81, and the show at TSN 4 Downs. So let's hit up our 4 Downs show poll here, of course, delivered by Domino's. Guys, get yourself a medium feast pizza, just $10.99, loaded with toppings. Get some pasta, boneless chicken, marbled cookie brownie for dessert, perfect football food. Domino's.ca, that's Domino's.ca. So our Domino's Canada Twitter poll at TSN 4 Downs. Which quarterback is most likely to bounce back with a strong performance and win their NFL Week 2 game? Deshaun Watson, Jimmy Garoppolo, Marcus Mariota, or Dak Prescott? John Crick said, Prescott, I'm going to vote. This is, this is tight because I think Deshaun Watson is still going to be finding his way with that knee coming back. Mariota with elbow and splitting time with Blaine Gabbert, which is uh, just stunning. 
I'm, I'm scratching off Mariota. So I'm going to go Jimmy G, baby. I'm going to go Jimmy G. I think with Prescott, he has the chance to, but he just doesn't have the weapons around him. There's Cole Beasley. Who else? Alan Hearns? He did nothing. It's all Zeke and Dak. It's going to be, I think it's going to be tough for him. But the 49ers, the Lions defense under Matt Patricia was horrific. Was absolutely terrible. And Patricia is a defensive specialist. The week one matchup, Jimmy Garoppolo was against the Vikings. They're nasty. Right there. That's a real good D. I think Jimmy G's going to have a big day. Producer Sean Lavery, what do you think, bud? I'm going with Garoppolo as well. I mean, Deshaun Watson and Mariota, they're kind of, I don't have any faith in them at the moment. And uh, Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, they're too, like, 50-50 for me to have any faith in them. And if, if the Jets can put up 48 on Matt Patricia and the Lions, then I'm interested to see what Jimmy G can do. And uh, granted, he doesn't have any weapons, like you said. Like, I think Pierre Garçon might be his top wide receiver. Mm. And that's not a great sign. And they really uh, went to Kittle a lot, their tight end. So yeah. um, he got a lot of use. I'll be interested to see if they change up their offensive plan and all. But Jimmy G, we did a poll earlier in the year, too, like which quarterback on a new team can have the best season or something like that. And I right. voted Jimmy G. So I still have faith in Jimmy G. And I want to see him get the win in week two. Yeah, it was just a tough start. So, again, yeah, I'm with you there. I think, well, when you look at his fantasy numbers, 12.04 for week one. But that you have to look at the defense. The Vikings' defense is elite. The Lions is not. And they're, they're primed. And, and Garoppolo, this guy, you have to remember with Jimmy Garoppolo, Trained under Tom Brady, of course, with, with the, the Patriots. But more so than that, because lots of guys have done that and gone on to do nothing. Pick your backup quarterback. Nothing. Garoppolo's a different guy. Coming out of the draft, he said his girlfriend was football. He's got a different type of girlfriend now, if you follow social media. But back then, it was all football. And he's a, he's a film junkie. He's technically sound. He has a quick release. Jimmy G, I think, is just going to get better. So I'll take that. You can vote at TSN4Downs at AndyMC81. Now, I want to get to a couple of my sleepers here. You can check it out on DraftKings.com, the uh, DK Playbook section, which is a great section, gives you lots of tips. So my sleeper or value picks for this week, and I tweeted it out at AndyMC81. For value, still at 3600 bucks is Jared Cook, tight end in your DraftKings lineup. So you have to think. Delaney Walker's out for the Titans. Greg Olson, out. So once you get past Gronk, you look at Travis Kelsey. He wasn't used by Pat Mahomes. You go to Jared Cook. And this is what stands out to me. Now, Jared Cook, he has flashed in the past, of course, right? But never really gotten over the hump. I think with the Raiders, this could be different. Number one, Crabtree's gone. And Amari Cooper is being double-covered, and he's not the same guy. Yeah, I, th- I still think he's going to have a good season overall, but he's not the same guy. Carr focused on Jared Cook last week. But that's not a fluke because last year with Derek Carr, he had career highs in receptions, in receiving yards, and in first down. So this is a building chemistry going back to last year. And for a guy who's probably gone off your waiver wire now, but if you want to pop him in your DraftKings lineup, 3600 bucks, I'm taking that all day. Another guy like go to running backs from the Chargers, Austin Eckler, 4400 bucks, And you might say, well, Andy, you got... You got Melvin Gordon, right? You got Gordon there. He's touching everything. He's, he's going, he's, he's crazy. That's fine. And Gordon's going to get his touches. But look at what Eckler did last week. He still got work. He's still getting passes out of the backfield. He had five catches on all five targets. And he also ran for 39 yards. Now, the opponent is important here. The Buffalo Bills stink. 
I think Allen's going to make them a bit more competitive. But this one has blowout written all over it. And what happens in blowouts? You rest the starter, you give the extra back some more work. I think Austin Eckler is going to have a nice, steady workload. And last week, he went for uh, 23.6 fantasy points in the DK fantasy uh, contest there uh, on DraftKings. And uh, there's no reason to think he can't get that again. Right, go for a touchdown. So those are a couple. I got two more there at DraftKings.com on the DK playbook. And also, folks, we have our customized four downs contest. Two dollar entry. Very excited about this. You go to DraftFree.com. DraftFree.com. Cash payouts. Join in. We can talk some trash as well at AndyMC81 on Twitter. Get your lineup in DraftFree.com. To win some cash, Sean Lavery, a producer. Shawnee, you're in. You're in the contest. Have you put in your lineup yet? I have not put in my lineup yet because the web page is blocked thanks to our employer <laughs> wanting me to not tinker with my fantasy lineup and instead focus on work. That is fair. Um, but I will be entering as soon as I get home this afternoon. There's there's a lot of options. This is for the Sunday game. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm going heavy Chargers this week in my lineup. I'll take Phil Rivers, who was a beast last week. And while you can't necessarily trust which receiver he's going to throw it to. You know he's going to throw it. And you got Gordon and Eckler who can also catch out of the backfield, as I just said. Um, I, I like Todd Gurley as the big buy against the Cardinals. They weren't very good against the run and not very good overall. And we talked to Matt Camp, and I agree, Emmanuel Sanders against Oakland. Not a bad buy at 6200 bucks. And I'm definitely putting in Jared Cook. I'm very bullish on Jared Cook because he's a guy. He can move the change. He can be a quick out option for Derek Carr. He's big, he's physical, you know, you can you can extend it. And then Geronimo Allison as well with the Packers. The Minnesota D is good, yes, but this guy is a riser. Randall Cobb, we know he's iffy at best, consistency-wise. Devontae Adams, banged up shoulder. Aaron Rodgers is going to be thrown to somebody, right? So those are some options for you. Jump in the contest. You can join it now for Sunday's games. Draftfree.com, draftfree.com. Thank you to everybody for uh, join the show today for tweeting in. You can still get your fantasy football questions into me using hashtag AskAndy at AndyMC81. And if you missed any of the show, check out the show page on TSN1050.ca and on iTunes. That'll do it, folks. Enjoy the games. I'm Andy McNamara, and you've been listening to TSN 4 Downs.